Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. We want to make sure those advertisers are ones you actually want to hear about, but we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash Jeff and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you don't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y dot com slash Jeff. Thanks for your help. It's not easy being Jeff Lewis. But I was nice. I was nice-ish. You are an HR nightmare. <laughs> you don't return your phone calls. You don't return your text messages. You only return an email if someone alerts you that you have one. And that is not a becoming habit for a professional, Jeff. Jeff Lewis has issues. Hey, it's Jeff Lewis, and I have issues. In today's episode, Nikki Haskell and Josh Flagg join the show. We talk about Nikki's days at Studio 54, and she gives us straightforward advice from years of high life experience. Plus, we have an impromptu tribute to Josh. You've been here many times, Josh, but this is Nikki's first time. And I met Nikki at your home. I believe it was the Project Angel Food event. We were sitting at the same table. Yes, and also Josh Josh gave another dinner. I think it was a couple weeks before that that you were at. Did you get, when you go to those Project Angel Food dinners, do you get guilted into donating? Because you remember we got, there was like four of us at that table that got guilted into donating. Is that why you put us right there in the front, Josh? (laughs) Yeah. That's that's where I met Josh, was at a Project Angel Food event. He picked me up. Oh, he he picked you up? Uh Uh-huh. And did you know who she was? A legend. Okay. So let's explain who Nikki is. Uh, Now, Nikki, you had a very, very popular talk show. It was in the 70s and 80s called the Nikki Haskell Show. Yes. And it, um, but then before that, you were one of the first female stockbrokers um, in the, was it the 60s or the 70s? So I became a stockbroker in 65. Okay. And I worked for Drexel Burnham for 10 years. So we're going to jump around because I have severe ADD. So do I. So we're really in trouble. You were born in Chicago. And then you were raised in Beverly Hills, is that correct? Yes. And your father, what did he do? My father was in the millinery business. He made Nikki hats and Stanley hats. And, and he, when we moved to Los Angeles, the day that I started the eighth grade, my father died. So my mother brought my brother and I up. I did not know that. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. So it was uh, a, how old was he when he died? 45. A heart attack, you know. Wow. Those days, it was deadly. At what point did you go to New York? So what happened was when I graduated high school, um, I went uh, I went to New York a few times. But when I was married, my ex-husband uh, was writing a real estate book. So we went to New York, and that's when I ended up getting divorced and becoming a stockbroker and staying in New York. So that was like about 83. Now, how old were you when you got married the first time? 19. So you were 19 years old, and uh, his name was Jack Haskell, correct? Right. But you divorced him. A few years later. I divorced him a year and a half later, and then I two years went by, and I remarried him again for eight months. Which was better, the first or the second? You know what they say, you can't reheat the souffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Why did you divorce the first time? Why did I marry him the first time? That, <laughs> the whole thing was a mistake. Well, I guess the real question is, why did you pull a shotgun out to him? Well, because he was cheating on me. Well, the first time he was, che I caught him cheating on me. There was a very famous restaurant in Beverly Hills called the Luau. Of course. So I went over to the Luau, and he was with this girl, and I double slapped her in the face, <gasps> and I took the table, and I turned it over on him. And he convinced me to stay with him, and then three months later, he was cheating again. So I thought, I just took the shotgun right out of the closet, and I got into my XKE. I remember the top was down. I was sitting Your Jaguar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A great little XKE. And uh, <laughs> I went over there, and... I have a very short attention span, so he didn't come out for, you know, 20 minutes, and I thought, eh, I think I'll just divorce him instead. <laughs> so you really would have shot him? You know, I think I would have, but maybe I wouldn't have. Okay. But I, would, but I could shoot someone. That wouldn't bother me at all. <laughs> okay. Mean, now, you, you, you know guns, you're... Yes, I'm a marksman. I mean, I've been shooting in competition. I used to shoot handguns in competition. Okay, so then you would shoot to kill. Right. So Jack, okay, so there was no maiming him at all. Like, you, you would have killed him. Hopefully. Murder, yes, divorce, Mur never. <laughs> but you're sitting there, you're waiting, he's not coming out, and you're, which is good. I, I mean, this kind of happened for you. So uh, you waited, 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 and then you thought to yourself, you kind of, uh, you I'm talked. i the mood to shoot him today. Right, yeah, right. I have nothing to wear to shoot him in. <laughs> um. So that was this. That was when you divorced him the first time. Right. Okay. Then he convinced you to come back, and then he married you again. Right. Okay. And then, and then, was he cheating again? Is that why you we left? We never him? got that far into the mission. I only stayed married eight months. We were living in New York. Okay. And then, were you just resentful, or didn't trust him, or why didn't it work the second time? It just didn't work. Okay. It really didn't work the first time. You okay. Know, it just was one of those. So now you get a, a a divorce settlement, which I read. Very little. Was like $18,000. Right. And then you started playing around with the stock market. Right. And then you were saying kind of by a fluke. Right. What happened was, this is the first time I got divorced. I had $18,000, and I went to a friend of mine whose father was a very famous producer, Pandro Berman, daughter. He did all the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movie. He discovered Elizabeth Taylor, did Cat in the Hot Tin Roof. He said, would you give me a list of stocks that you bought for your daughter? So he gave me a whole list of stocks, and I bought 10 shares of this and five shares of that and whatever it was. And it must have been like the day the market bottomed out because everything like doubled in like three, four months. And then a friend of mine came to me, and he said, I'm going to, this is when the over-the-counter market first started. We're talking like 19, in the early, early 70s. It was a stock called Learjet. So I sold everything and I bought the stock and it went from ten to one hundred and eighty six and split three for one, and then it went to it went, it went then it went back to one hundred and eighty six again and split three for one. And one day I was sitting in the hairdressers, uh, and on the front page of the Hollywood Reporter it said that Frank Sinatra and Learjet were doing a joint venture with Ford Motor Company for the cassettes for the car. Remember the first cassettes, those mm -hmm. big cassettes. And I sold everything, and I bought that, and that was it. And then I sold it was two million dollars, over two million dollars. So from the eight, I never made that much money again. <laughs> but from the eighteen thousand to the, how long did it take you to take the eighteen thousand and turn it into two million? Well, I married him two years later, so it was about two years. Wow. Well, also, two million in nineteen seventy was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the 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 tagline to the story is, I gave most of it back to him. Oh, because you were married. Right, so, he needed the money for a real estate deal, some cockamamie piece of project that he had. It was called Honey Lake, except 
somebody said to him, there was no water in the lake. So someone <laughs> said to him, how much water, I mean, like, how deep is the lake? He said, well, you know, there was a river boat that was on the lake and it sunk. I went like, <laughs> he's a pathological liar. Okay, so you made all this money, but then you ended up giving it back to... Most of it, yeah. Jack. Okay, so now you get divorced the second time and you got to make a living. No. What happened was when I was married, he said, why don't you get a job? I went, job? Why would I want to get a job? <laughs> I got married so I wouldn't have to work. <laughs> you know, so a friend of mine owned, I thought maybe I'll become a broker. I mean, I was a terrible student. I barely got out of Beverly Hills High School. <laughs> so that I thought, well, maybe I'll be a stockbroker because I just made all this money. And a friend of mine's father had a small firm and they I hired me and they sent me to the New York Institute of Finance. And as soon as I passed my test, I went to work at Drexel Burnham. That and, was pretty cool. And then you worked there for 10 years. Right. And had pre some pretty major big accounts. Big accounts. Now, when, it, okay, so now, for those of you that don't know, uh, Nikki is, is a very well-known New York City and Los Angeles socialite. Is that because you go out every single night? I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But you have to understand, I've always given lots of parties, you know, in the, not only parties in my home, long before I became a stockbroker. And then when I was a stockbroker, I gave tons of parties. And then when I had my television show, it was predicated on giving parties. I gave parties every Friday night for movie stars or movie premieres or TV shows, you know. So I met so many people over the years and entertained them, you know, and always gave great parties and everything. And I think, and plus I traveled a lot, went to Paris and south of France and everything. And I'm, I'm a very friendly person. So I made a lot of friends over the years. And I was gone for so many years in Los Angeles, so when I started coming back, they were actually happy to see me because everybody by that time had either gotten divorced or fought with each other. Nobody was speaking to anyone, so they were happy to see me. Now, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> Nikki's become this kind of, I mean, unexpectedly, uh, you know, in a your grand, 80s. A grandfluencer, they call me. A grandfluencer. <laughs> you, you have... Uh, a pretty big TikTok and Instagram following now. Yeah, I just and broke 300,000 on TikTok. Congratulations. And yeah, yeah. 300,000 on Instagram. And you were saying not long ago you were at 10,000 and 8,000. Right. So it's growing quickly because you have this kind of, so you do, it's almost advice, but it's very well edited where you talk about what I wish I knew in my 20s and 30s uh, that I know now in my 80s. Right. And Actually, it's too bad that I didn't know a lot of the things. that. But, you know, when you're young, you think you know everything. Right. Nobody could tell you, so they probably would have told me, and I wouldn't have paid any attention anyway. But you do have a very young demographic now very following young. you that are actually listening to you. Right, and I, I'm glad because I think I, I, I think that the kids today are really lost. I don't think they, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. They don't know who to trust. They have, uh, there's no heroes anymore. There's no one to look up to. I think that things have changed so drastically, and, and we've become homogenized. Nobody c communicates with each other. They don't have parties and they don't, everybody's either on their iPhone or on their computer. And I think it's really sort of, you know, sort of minimize the contact between people. I don't think people know how to act around each other anymore. And plus we were locked down. That really made it inconvenient. Nobody, I think people are lost. So if I can give any kind of positive influence to someone, you know, every day is complicated and I don't think people know how to handle it the way the way I did when I was a kid. What about you, Josh? Don't you find that kids today don't really know what they're doing? There's, no. You find they know everything. I, they think they know everything. They think they know everything. Right. And that's what that's what Nikki was saying. Yes. What about have you noticed uh well first of all, some of your advice is I mean, you're no nonsense. 
You don't sugarcoat. It's kind of tough love, which I like. You speak my language. But New Yorkers in general, I, I mean, I love New Yorkers because they are no nonsense and to the point. And I find in L.A. I lose my patience with people because they can't get to the point. And the problem is they don't know what the point is. <laughs> <laughs> but I always bring this up. It's just even like, you know, you walk into get a bagel here and it's hi, good morning. And how are you? And how was your day? And how was your weekend? And what are you doing today? And big day. Shut the fuck up. Let's go. And then I like New York. It's like, what do you want? I'm like, thank you. This is what I want. Blah, 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 done. You know, I just they've just it's just such a time waste. Well, if it, the problem is, is that you're not engaging with people, uh, whether it's one, two, three or a conversation. Even in a conversation, you're not engaging with people. People have lost the art of engaging with each other. I mean, emotionally, morally, financially. I mean, romance is at the, romance is at a low. Yes. You know, I don't know anybody that's in a romance except you. Are you in a romance, Josh? I, I mean, it depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> what, what time is it? <laughs> is this a, a past? Is this a recycle or is this somebody new? No, no, I, I, I'm, there's no romance right now. Okay. Sometimes he does But he's more us. romantic than most people because most people, I, that's one of the things I love about Josh is that he has this wonderful ability to care for somebody and, 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 and really want to be in a relationship. Yeah. But most people are just isolated. They don't want to be in a in. relationship. You jump in deep and you go and you move fast, and, but I think that's exciting. You know what they say, I'm dancing as fast as I can. You know, time, time goes on. If it doesn't work, move on. You never married again. No. Why is that? You just didn't find the right person? I just didn't find anyone that I wanted to marry. No, you've dated. A speci- lot of people. Oh, okay. A lot of people you've dated. A lot of but people. But you haven't slept with a lot of people, you said. You know, it's funny. I haven't really slept with a lot of people. I should have probably slept with a few more here or there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to sort of boost my reputation. And know. you were saying, I mean, you were, you were around during the, I mean, were you at the studio, studio 54 how many nights a week? Seven. No. <laughs> no, I was there nine nights a week. <laughs> I was there as often as I could be there. You know, I was there opening night. I was, but I, I was going to clubs long before a studio opened because there was great clubs in L.A. There was the Daisy, which was fabulous, which is on Rodeo, and the candy store and the factory. So before I even moved to New York, and I, and I, in, in New York was La Club, which was a private club. I always was going to clubs. You know, I'm just a club girl. What can I say? No, you were you were talking about the fact that I said you're out almost every night. Is that correct? Right. Even now in your 80s, you're out almost every single night. Right. I think it's a punishment to stay home. You do. Yeah. Now, how do you maintain all of these and manage all of these relationships and friendships and engagements? And how do you do it all? Very easy. She'll call you a hundred times a day and stalk you <laughs> until you pick up the phone. <laughs> Only you, darling. Mm-hmm. Usually, if they don't if they don't answer the phone, I don't ever call them back. So you're. I was saying. I was asking you. Okay, you're at cocktails. You're at dinners. You're at you know after parties. You're. But you were saying you you usually miss the cocktail hour. I, I, I if it's very important, I'll make it. That's my nap time. <laughs> so between five and my seven, disco nap. Your disco nap. That's very funny. So between five and seven, you're taking your disco nap. Right. Do you take disco naps, Josh? Uh, no, I'm not really much of a napper. No, you both are, are highly successful people, and I find that it's interesting that neither one of you sleep. I mean, you sleep only four and a half hours a night, Nikki? Yes, something like four and a half. But I can wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, and if I have to make calls, if I'm in New York, I have to make calls. But I can go back to sleep till nine o'clock. I mean, I'm not, 
out jumping around at five o'clock in the morning, but I'm up. I can go back to sleep. But I, you know, the only time I'm ever really tired is when I take a nap. The only reason I go to sleep at night is nobody left to talk to. <laughs> well, you'll call me sometimes at like two in the morning or whatnot. Well, you too. I mean, I like to talk. I used to have a whole group of friends that I used to speak to on the late shift. Half, the... half of them died. They're all dead. <laughs> The late shift between what time and what time? At twelve and three. She'll be on the phone with a like Kathy Hilton at three yes, in the morning. Three, four o'clock in the morning. Oh, so she doesn't sleep either? No, she's a night person. No. Um, and then Josh, you only slept like two or three hours last night. And is that pretty much the average? It's like you know, like last night I fell asleep for two hours. I woke back up, fell asleep for another two hours this morning. So it's like four hours total. How do you how do you do this? I don't know. I do I've been too. doing it my whole life. I, I do too. It's like a late shift. There's all of us that are on the phone at different times in the night. You know, Candy Spelling. Kelly Candy's Day. on the late shift too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember she's a night owl. Uh, I, Kathy my, Hilton. I, I used to, I used to, my my late shift consisted of Alan Carr. He was like my favorite late night call. I used to speak to him like every night. He was always fun. And Bob Evans. He was on the late shift too. And there was like I was like look for. I would come home at night and then we would all gossip. We went here. You went there. Did you see this one? That one? And it was fun. Some of the famous, I mean, I don't know if you would say it, but you've dated a lot of famous men? Not that many famous. I don't think I've dated anybody that ever won an Academy Award. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about Who it. Who are some of the people you went out with? Um, actually, it's funny. Last night I happened to see Charles Aznavour, and I thought, oh, I forgot that I dated him. <laughs> <laughs> so I dated him um, in, the er- in the early 70s, the first time he ever came to the United States. And I went with Fran Tarkenton, who was the quarterback for the New York Giants, mm-hmm. who I speak with all the time. He's adorable. I went with him for a couple of years. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wow. A couple okay. seasons. I, I even was going out with him when he, when he played in the Super Bowl. Did you go? I did. It was here in Los Angeles. He was playing for the Minnesota Vikings at that time. So you were together for a while. Yeah, but you know, football players have a million girlfriends. I mean, I wouldn't say that it was a monogamous. I see. And you guy. knew that. Well, you know, you... When I, when I was with him, it was fun. When I wasn't, I mean, I never, and he was married in between and had a girlfriend or whatever. It's, it all sort of worked out. And I'm friendly with him now, which is, which is important. Um, so is and I a... also went with Tony Bennett. Really? Yeah. Wow. How long did that go on? About a year. I, di- I met him here in Los Angeles. There was a club called The Cloister. And um, then I went to New York and I dated him in New York. And, and. Then he moved to Los Angeles and got married. Are you traveling a lot from L.A. to New York? Yes. So you have an apartment in New York. You've had it for over 50 years. Right. Wow. I, mo- I moved into this apartment. I thought, oh, I'll be here for a couple of years, and then I'll be married. I'm still there 52 years later in the same apartment. And are you, is it pretty much uh, half the year and half the year, or no? It... You know, you never know with me. If I have things going in Los I try to be. I try to be in New York September, October, and November. Because that's the best time to be there. But mm-hmm. if I have to come back to L.A., I get on a plane and come back to L.A. Now, you live um, in the Wilshire Corridor, which people right. don't understand. In Los Angeles, we have this one area that's, it's it's a, I don't know how many high-rises are there, Josh? Well, probably 30. 30 high-rises. And it's it's very much, not everyone likes that style of living, but it's their full-service buildings and valet right, parking and problem- dormant right. and all of that. I lived at the Sierra Towers before that. I lived there for 25 years. And um, that's a very iconic building here in Los Angeles. A lot of celebrities. Extremely expensive. Right. It got too expensive. And I tell you, I love where I live. It's very convenient. And I go back and forth. I also go to Miami a lot. I like to 
you know, hopefully this year I'm going to spend more time in Europe. We'll see. I'm working on some projects. Actually, I'm working on a project with Josh. What kind of project are you guys doing together? I don't know if we're allowed to discuss that. I don't think we are. I don't think we know. <laughs> now, it's one of those I don't know what it is kind of projects. I'm in, um, you know, kind of have a very fondness and passion for real estate. So I always ask Josh how his house is doing. Have you started construction? No. I just hired the architect. Okay. You, you said that last time. I was on two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Josh, do you do you have permits yet or no? You're deciding on I what- I literally just hired the architect. Okay. Is, you, is this I the had house? a tenant in there for the last oh, year and a- This is the Bedford house, right? Yeah. I've had a tenant in there that- Did you want to say the address? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, she, I had she a tenant she... in there until, I don't know, this summer. Did you let Tori live there for a minute? I read that. No, no that, was that was another house. house. Another house. Okay. Have you talked to her? Uh, not How's she doing? two weeks. Uh, we texted once. You know, just, she's Tory. Yeah. She's got a case of the Tories. <laughs> but anyway, to answer your question, I just hired the architect, so I would say that probably January we could probably actually start building. So are you gonna, you're not going to tear have, the house I mean, down, what happens, I've never done it this, no, I'm not going to tear it. It's a beautiful house. But, you know, once you hire the architect, how many months out does it take till you can- It's going to be a while. Six months? Depends on how long it takes you to come up with a plan with I know the architect exactly what and how we want already. Okay. Well then you should be able to nail it down in like one or two revisions. And then and but then you've got to do structural engineering and then you've got to go, you know, get to submit it to the Six city. Six months till the that, shovel's in. Yeah. I mean if that's if you move kind but of you know, quickly. You know, Josh, the minute it gets up, he'll decide he wants to tear it down and redo it. So he will, it could I've be, done that a couple of times. Yeah, he did that a couple of times. So but you you have to leave or you would leave the facade at least. Oh yeah. And you just kind of tear up everything behind it exactly have you seen the house nikki no i love that rental you had for a while and where i met you on, on beverly drive yes that i love that great that was a fun house we had a lot of fun in that house that was when i was building alta how did you guys meet i mean you you went right up to her and when you yes. say you picked her up right he said to me i want to be your friend i see you everywhere we were at this uh uh project angel food event mm -hmm. and that and I said, hey, I like that. So that's, that's how that happened. And we've been friends ever since. Right, Joshy? That's right, baby. Now, you always look great every time I, ran, I run into oh, you. And I you. ran into you at, at Catch Steak recently. And you and I, you know, you came over and said hello. And I just said, you've got to get on the show. You've got I'm to get on the show. I, was lo I love your show. but dying to get on it. So thank you. What do you think? So I made a comment which I didn't think was a big deal. But there was an A-list actress when uh, I was traveling last week. And uh, she was uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus, And she was in the, uh, the lounge, the Delta Lounge. And, you know, she didn't have any makeup on or anything. She, you know, she was dressed very, Shame on her. very down. I thought so, too, Nikki. <laughs> I thought so, too. Um, especially being a fan. And, you know, I just, I just thought. But, but, but we, were, we were saying, even non-famous people, I feel like, make a little effort. I think when you go into public, you look like someone who always looks great when you walk out the door. You know what they say, you never get a second chance to make a first impression, and you never know who you're going to run into. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get up every morning and put on my makeup. It's part of my routine. But I wouldn't even think to go down to the mailbox without makeup on. I kind of got that from you. That's just the way it is. It's much easier just to do it and get it over with. <laughs> you know? Now, but you I don't mind going without. I mean, I have no problem. I shot several. Uh, uh, TikToks without any makeup on, so I'm not ashamed or afraid to be seen without makeup. Mm -hmm. It's just for me is, 
I mean, I, I like to, I like to be at my best and I feel the most important thing is how people perceive you. If they see me walking around like a slob, they're going to think I'm a slob, but I don't want that. I want people to think that I have great respect for myself. And also when you go to a beautiful place, you want to look good. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you, you want to look dress up for, I mean, my mother told me you don't have any fun unless you're dressed up. So I took her at her word. By the way, the reason I'm in a suit today is because I have mediation today with my ex. Oh, so it's fun. Yes, I'm very much looking Century forward City to it. Century City or downtown? Century City. Nice. Yes. Been there a so, few times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I miss that. Great food, by the way, in the mediation places. <laughs> what, they always can, put out great spreads. You know what's so funny? That's what my attorney said. Really? Great spread. <laughs> She's like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's great food. But, you know, I'll, I'll probably be there for a while. Uh, we've got a lot of issues to cover today, Nikki. We have, uh, you know, proposed new custody plan. Uh, somebody wants more child support. We want more custody, more child support, because that's a lot easier than just, you know, uh, working full time. And then uh, we're going to do, uh, we're going to add some holidays that we missed the first time. We're going to talk about extracurriculars. We're going to talk about therapy for my daughter. It's a big day today. Well, good luck. Thank you. But I'm very much. Uh, uh, my I have a therapist who said you separate the drama from the reality. I'm very much there today to solve problems. I am not interested in complaining. I'm not interested in hurling accusations. I'm not interested in, in playing the blame game. I just want to solve the problems. Are we sitting in the same room? I actually requested that we do because I believe it will move along quicker. I do too. Uh, yeah. And I've been in mediation before with him and, you know, and other things. And it just takes all day The you know, the judge goes over there and talks for two hours and comes over me and talks for two hours. It's back and forth. I'd rather just be in the same room and just hammer it out. Hmm. We'll see. Do you you have a a working proposal that that you're sort of both? Thank you for bringing that up, Nikki. Um, I have a really, really great network of listeners here who have kind of guided me and said, look, I've been through all of this, and I really recommend the week-on, week-off um, custody arrangement. So so that what it would be is that you'd have one week, and then they, they switch to, is that good for the child, that one week on, one week off kind well, of thing? Um, when she was young, I was younger. She's almost seven. I was very against that because I didn't want to go, I didn't want her to go or me to go two or three nights without seeing her. So we have like as a two, two, three plan or something. Yeah, but it's even more frequent than that. It's ta- it's called a two, two, three, but I feel like she's switching constantly. So now everyone is saying, you got to go the week on, week off. She's old enough now. I'm, I've listened to everyone. And that is the proposal I made to my ex, Gage is his name. So let me ask you a question. What does she say? What does your daughter say? What would she like? Well, she's um, she's only six right now. Well, okay, but she has an opinion. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if she really re- underst- understands it. Uh, I'd like to at least give it a try. Now, I did propose the week on week off. The reason we're going to mediation is because um, they did not accept that proposal. Their idea, and when I say there is because we go through his attorneys, uh, their idea is he would like to take her Sunday morning and then deliver her back to me on Thursday. So he would like her Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then he was uh, being generous enough to let me have her Friday and Saturday. Uh, so that way, I mean, by the way, ev- that means that he get every weekend off from here to she's Why don't 18. you switch it up so that you take, the, you take the front of the week one week and then the back of the week the other week. And don't get, sort of, you know, make it so that 
you don't have three days and he has four days. You know, switch it up so that you can try and balance it out. I think a 50-50 would be fair, um, you know, custody. And I, th- I like the week on, week off. And so what do you do? She gets up in the morning, you take her to school, and she goes, she has the same routine in both places. Yes, if yes. That's not disorienting for her? I think the back, I'm finally coming to the to terms with it that the back and forth so frequently is 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 causing anxiety yeah, and I could, is I disrupting so. her life. So I do like the idea. Uh, it would be a Monday morning. He drops her off at school. I pick her up. And then the following Monday, I drop her off. That's what I'm really hoping we can do. And you could do it every other week. Yeah. That's a, it sounds, sounds yeah, like we'll a good idea. You know, you never know if it actually is or not until you do it. The last thing I want to do is go to court. Last thing I want to do is go to mediation. But we have not been able to come to terms on, on anything, really. It's, it's tough. Is he it, dating anyone? Yes, he's dating my ex-boyfriend. So after Nikki, oh, that's it. That, that seems to be working out. <laughs> yeah. So after we broke up, I dated someone for two and a half years. Nikki, they're now together. How did how did that, that happen? <laughs> uh, I don't know if they ran into each other at the gym. I don't know if Gage reached out to Scott. I have no idea how it happened. I'm actually kind of over it now. I mean, it was really disturbing in the I beginning. I was really unhappy with that idea. Well, I was unhappy with that idea, but I'm, it's enough time So are they passed. together? They're together. They're together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trauma bonded. Mm-hmm. It's a little complicated, Nikki. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, plus the stuff you don't, like gas. Save on gas while you drive the kids to soccer practice, plus visit your in-laws, plus venture into the wilderness, plus wherever else you want to go. Plus, take some guilt-free time on the couch because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. It's perfect for ordering new remote batteries, plus more coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you, plus snacks for your movie night. Plus, save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more. Because savings is what the whole Walmart Plus membership is all about. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. question the work ethic of of younger people what work that what yeah. work okay ethic? great we're on the same page with that yes i don't you know but you know work ethic is something that's individualized it's how one perceives the project how one addresses the situation how you handle it how you I mean, i've done a million different things i mean i've invented things and I've done television shows at a candy company i have billboards all over sunset and everything one of the things that i try to tell people is Go with your own instinct. Because if you ask people if you should do something, they're going to tell you no. Yes. Don't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't go there. No, you can't have it. So you know what? I don't ask them. Mm-hmm. It's better to do it. I don't believe in making mistakes. You know, they say, oh, you learn from mistakes. I don't think you learn anything from mistakes. All you do is waste time. So the trick, if you're going to do something, try to do it right the first time. 
and try to make it happen. Because once you do something and it doesn't work, you have that failure syndrome and you're setting yourself up to fail again. So it's better to do less and do it better and get it accomplished. Every accomplishment is an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Maybe smaller, may not sell that $100 million building tomorrow, but maybe only sell a small one. But everything is a step in the right direction. And not allowing yourself to live your life. Because I, you know, I, I've always done whatever I wanted to do. I mean, I never had anybody, I mean, of course, I'm not married. I don't have any children. So I don't have any responsibilities to anyone, which is the good news, basically. And I try to do things that are productive. I try to do things that, you know, add to the community and really sort of put myself in a position where I'm, I, I don't consider myself a teacher, but I'm a sort of an educator. I try to put, set people in the right direction because people, when somebody tells you no, they're, they're, they're splashing your dreams. That doesn't mean you have to stop just because they told you no. Mm-hmm. You should go ahead. You must fulfill everything that you do. You must make sure that you follow, finish every project that you start because otherwise you'll end up being a loser. You just have a lot of failed projects. Josh, you seem like somebody who doesn't ask for people's advice. Like you kind of like do your own thing. Is that is that true? Do you ask people's advice? Uh, it's not my strongest forte. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of just shoot from the hip. I do ask advice. I ask advice, but ultimately I do make my own decision, but it's an informed decision. And I and do who, like... Who do you ask for advice? Um, I might ask my dad. I might ask okay. friends. I'm going to okay. start calling you. Um, I'll give you good advice. But it's funny because when you were saying that, what resonated with me is, you know, I brought this up on the show, is that when I told my dad I wanted to be a designer, he said that that's a hobby and that I was never going to make any money doing it. And he felt I should stay in the finance job that I had. Now that, you know, and I went against his advice and I went ahead and, and, and created my own path. And that was one time, that was one time where I, I did not take his advice. Um, the other thing is when I, when I did the reality show, The Flipping Out, in 2007, and not a lot of people were doing reality shows then, I remember no one around me wanted me to do it. Friends, family, they said, you're going to embarrass yourself. It's, you know, and that ended up being an incredible career move. The problem is, if you ask, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I have very... I have a great group of friends that really are so intelligent and you can ask a question, you can actually get an, an answer of some kind of, that will resonate instead of telling you, no, don't do it. It's easy to say, don't do it. You know, if I had a dime for every person to tell me to, that I should move out of my apartment in New York because I could get a hotel room, why spend the money on the apartment? I would have been the most unhappy person in the world if I had given up my apartment. Mm-hmm. You have to live it. You have to have dreams. And you have to set goals for yourself. And every day that you do something, you get closer to your goals. And if you do get in a situation where you have to go to somebody for help or advice, make sure you go to just, don't go to 50 different people mm. and ask every person, what do you think about this? And what do you think about, they don't know what they're doing. So how are they going to tell you what you're doing? That's interesting. Um, maybe I'm just consulting the wrong people. Do you ever, did you ever ask Nikki for advice? Uh, do I ask you for advice? Well, you know, we, we don't either, you know, we, we have conversations. I'll say, what do you think about this? Or I'll ask him, do you think I should do this? It's not really, it's his judgment and his knowledge of things that I ask him is better than mine. So when I'm going to him, I'm going to him as somebody whose opinion I respect. Yes. 
Do you know what I'm saying? If you go to somebody whose opinion you don't respect, then whatever they can tell you, are not going to do it anyway. Well, <laughs> well, also, I think any you know? any sort of real estate questions, um, Josh w- is an expert on. But Josh you know, is an expert on a lot of things. Yes. And he's and one thing I love about Josh is he's very kind and he has a good opinion. He has his opinion. And actually, his opinion and my opinion sort of go hand in hand. You know, you can ask somebody their opinion, and they give you an opinion. Like, what What did I ask him for? Mm-hmm. There's no idea. He's very knowledgeable. He knows what he's doing. He's very smart. I mean, Josh's reputation is one of a person that is, is a go-getter and a doer. Right. And it's important to be around people that inspire you. If you hang around with somebody that's sitting around the house all day drinking beer, you're not going to get any good advice. I mean, Josh is up in the morning. He's working. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's somebody that I respect. You also have to have respect for the people that, you, that you're in contact with. I mean, just to be around people just because they're people, you know, or, or they're famous or they're whatever, that doesn't really cut it with me. You know, I, I know that if I pick up the phone and I call Josh and I ask, he may give me a sarcastic answer, like, why are you doing that? You should do this. But at least I'm getting an answer that I have to think about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't play, play, placate me and say, oh, yeah, do that, do that. A lot of people just tell you, do whatever you want to do. They actually don't care. Now, I, I find Josh to be not only caring and kind and smart, but he has a great sense of humor. And he always looks terrific, and we like that. Um, you, you do look cute today, Josh. Uh, every, I mean, the people listening to the show know this, but you know, I I met Josh through the whole Bravo universe, and we didn't really know each other. And I found him. I didn't really know him, but I just know of what I see him on the show. So I just thought, oh, you know, a little elusive, a little self-involved, maybe a little snobbish. Didn't really know him. And then all of the above, right? <laughs> so then I was at the Beverly Hills. I was at Polo Lounge. Because the night before, my partner of 10 years, the one that I had the baby with, we broke up and I was in bad shape. And I had a friend, actually a good friend, fly from uh, Michigan and she was going to Santa Barbara, but she decided to take a detour. She came to LA and she took me out. She's like, we're going out. So I went to Polo Lounge. We started talking about it. I was very, very upset. I went into the bathroom and I was crying. Josh walks in. I don't even, I barely know this guy. And he said, what is wrong? How, what is happening? What, what is going on? And he hugged me and he told me that everything was going to be okay. I don't even know this guy. <laughs> and from that moment on, I was like, this is one of the sweetest men. Without question. You know, we've, we've been friends, I guess now for like five or six years, but I can't tell you how much I respect him. Okay, and uh, how much fun he is to be with, and I feel, you know, I feel a sense of security and a sense of love and loyalty from him, which I don't feel from everyone. You know, he's just a very unique friend, and I value his friendship immensely. And we have such a good time together. And Josh gave me like the most amazing birthday party in the history of the world when I turned eighty. He gave a Nikki Beach party at the house with dancers and flamethrowers and. So got make sure that all the silverware in China was exactly like Nikki Beach and Saint Tropez. It was really one of the most amazing things, and I will forever be indebted for this amazing outburst of love and friendship. I mean, he's, he really goes the distance. Well, we're going to continue our tribute to Josh. <laughs> Literally, like, that's our right. tribute. Now you're going to also you have things to say, Oscar, about Josh, and you do too, Jameson. Like my bar mitzvah. Here. Okay, Absolutely. and then Shane, you've got your speech prepared. Nice. Great, and then we'll be taking calls first. 
Thanks for listening. If you want more of this, listen to Jeff Lewis Live every weekday on Sirius XM, as well as the Jeff Lewis Channel exclusively on the Sirius XM app. For a three-month free trial, go to SiriusXM.com slash Jeff Lewis. Terms apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.